Good morning. I'll greet you in Jesus' name this morning as well. There in the Sunday school lesson, there was, Justin alluded to it, there was a phrase that stood out to me, and that was, Moses was faithful in his house, in all of his house. And I'm sure all of you know that today is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. I thought how fitting to have a Sunday school lesson that says Moses was faithful in all his house. This is not where my message is from this morning. But along that same line, my thought went, Justin pointed out that his birth and his death were divine or different than a normal human being in the fact that he had to hide and we don't know about his birth or his burial. And Jesus was somewhat the same way too and uh, wasn't the normal. So this morning, I'm that's the springboard. I want to look at Joseph. Often we associate Joseph with the Christmas story and we you know look at that over Christmas time. But there's some good examples that I think that we can pick from the life of Joseph and how he patterned his life. So we think of fathers and the role that a father plays in the family in relating to the children to the wife, to the mother. There's different, if I would ask for your perspective or your, um, your thought on that, I have a little tidbit here from a, a girl's perspective. It goes like this. One evening a little girl and her parents were sitting around the table eating supper. The little girl said, Daddy, you're the boss, aren't you? Her daddy smiled, pleased, and said, Yes. The little girl continued, That's because Mommy put you in charge, right? I believe that being a Christian father is one of the highest callings that any man can ever achieve in his life. With God's help, with partnering with Him, it's what we need to do. Now, lest the rest of you think that I'm just going to be speaking to you fathers this morning, I believe this can, this can go to everyone that is here. This isn't just to the fathers. Because children, someday, you're going to be a mom and a dad. So as I consider what the share of Joseph, what came to my mind. He was the earthly father of Jesus. Even as God chose Mary to be that one who would give birth to the Son, God's Son, it was in His mighty providence that He chose Joseph to be the father of Jesus. The father that would raise 
him into manhood. This is God's son. And Mary and Joseph get to be those parents, the mom and the dad, together to raise Jesus. There must have been something very special about that couple to be chosen by God, to raise his son in the way, in a way, it's almost like Joseph had to adopt Jesus because it was not his biological son. God searched through earth and he found a young girl engaged to be married, to be married, of whom the Bible says that she found great favor with God. She was the choice lady, a God-fearing young lady. But also, God went looking for a father, too. He called Mary and Joseph as a couple. And I think here's where we can get the point of where God was demonstrating for us that the role of a father is a very important one. He didn't just stop with Mary. Fathers are not only needed for the physical act of conceiving a child, but they're also needed for the spiritual act of raising a child. And this child, Jesus, was conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Ghost. A a miracle had to take place. There was no man involved in this. But man was still needed to be part of the father of Jesus' childhood. Having said that, I want to say a word to the single parents. You don't need to despair. Your children are not beyond hope because their father is gone or their mother has gone. That's not the case. God is still gracious. The Bible speaks, Though a father and a mother forsake me, yet the Lord will take me up. Single parents today, I encourage you. Honor. God bless you with your diligence with your children. It is possible to do it with God. So Joseph was chosen to be the father. And I believe that Joseph fulfilled that perfect father figure for that role that he had to play. I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're just going to read a few verses looking at some examples of Joseph, and I want you to pay attention to as we read these verses. Think about Joseph. Because often when we read, the, at least this is for me, I, when I read these verses, I think of Jesus and you know the message of the Christmas. But just pay attention to Joseph as we read. Matthew chapter 1, 
verse 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she said, Bring forth a son, and she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Move back a little bit more into Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Here we have where they had to flee. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod shall seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt. Go down just a little bit more to verse 19 and 21. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. gather from these verses that Joseph was a loving man. He was caring, affectionate. His relationship with Mary was very important. Joseph was betrothed to Mary. That's like they were engaged. Then Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. How does that make him feel? Angry? Betrayed? The penalty for adultery in the Old Testament was death by stone. And this penalty applied to the infidelity during betrothed as well as marriage. Upon discovering this, that Mary was pregnant, Joseph would have had an obligation to divorce her. Divorce her. And divorce would have been required of breaking off the betrothed engagement. And this would have exposed Mary to public shame and humiliation. Joseph lived in that society where he did not have an option to give Mary a second chance. There was the Jewish and the Greek Romans law that demanded that, demanded that a man divorce his wife if she was guilty of adulteress. If 
Joseph, if Joseph did not break up with Mary, then he would have been breaking the law. This is why I believe that in these verses that I read, where it talks about Joseph was thinking on these things, it was like there was a no win. Leave Mary, she's destroyed. Stay with Mary, then he's destroyed. But even before God spoke to Joseph, Joseph was operating from a an avenue that out of his heart he could have used bitterness he could have got even but he wasn't doing that it says that he was going to put her away privately put her away secretly he wasn't going to go to the judge and make a public scene he was considering what the best outcome would be for doing this he was concerned about Mary Joseph was kind he loved Mary it's based on this real commitment and husbands the Bible says to us today that we need to love our wives all that we have. Joseph was a loving man. And he put his love toward Mary. David O'Mekhill says, the most important thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. Stephen Convey says, creating a warm, caring, supportive, encouraging environment is probably the most important thing that you can do for your family. When Mary was about to give birth to Jesus and there was no room in the inn, Joseph did the best that he could in providing for that and taking care of Mary and Jesus. Jesus was a loving man in his relationship toward Jesus. When the child came along, there was no attitude from Joseph that said, this boy isn't my boy. He's not flesh and my blood. There was no resentment or indifference toward him, no lack of love at all. Joseph, ad Joseph adopted Jesus as his own. He protected him from the hatred of Herod. They fled to Egypt. He nurtured and cared for him. He even taught him the trade of the carpentry. And he adopted the one that the rest of the world would reject. Joseph had a price to pay for being the father of Jesus. Joseph was a devout man. And with that, he was a man that obeyed God. 
explicitly followed the Lord's leading and direction. He didn't follow his own marked out plan, his own dreams, his own goals. He wanted God's plan for his life. So when God spoke to him in a dream, came to him in that dream that night and said, you're going to have to leave your comfort, your familiarity, your surroundings, and you're going to have to go to a foreign country. He did it. He left. Flee to Egypt. He obeyed immediately. It was serious business. He went to the foreign land. And then when God said it was okay, you can go back. He listened again. Another thing I see with Joseph is that he was a man of faith. It takes faith to pack your bags and head off to a foreign country with no prospect, no planning, simply on the basis that God said so. How much faith would it take you or me if God would say, well, tomorrow you need to leave. Pack your bags. He had the faith to obey God. That faith demonstrated in fathers speaks volumes to our children. Raise them in an environment of faith toward God. It's a story. I may have shared this story before. There was a farmer who toiled over a bumper crop of grain. He was in need of it very badly. This crop of grain. He had debt to pay, creditors to pay off. It was to secure his farming for another year. But just a few days before it was due to be harvested, a freak and wild hail and windstorm came through and ravaged the property and the crop. And the crop was destroyed. The man stood there with his little boy looking over the field of destroyed grain. And the boy expected to hear his father cursing in despair. But instead, his dad began to softly sing, The rock of ages cleft in me. Let me hide myself in thee. Years later, that little boy, grown into manhood, said, That was one of the greatest sermons I ever heard. That's where the rubber meets the road. Joseph was learning to lean on God. He was a man of faith. He was faithful in his spiritual duty. He set an example for his family. And by doing that, he went to the temple. He attended the, the feasts that were that was their custom to, to do. You can read that in Luke 2.41. He was regularly in going into God's house. Very important. Just to recap, Joseph was a loving man toward his wife, toward his son, toward his whole family. Second, he was a devout man. 
a devout man, a man of obedience and faith, and being faithful in spiritual duty. Finally, Joseph was a wise man. Joseph was wise because he lived as one who redeemed the time. You may have thought of this before. It was a new thought to me as I was meditating on this. But it would appear that Joseph would have had a shortened life. We don't read of him. The scriptures go silent on Joseph after Jesus' childhood. At the cross, we have the account where Jesus charged John to taking care of, of Mary. So it would seem that from that, was Joseph gone? Had he passed away sometime when Jesus was a young man? I don't know. Was Mary a widow at that point? Whatever the speculation may be, it's neither here nor there, but we, what, what we do have is what we have recorded in the Scripture, and that is Joseph, he did what was right, he was faithful in it, and he moved forward, he provided for his family, he set the example for them that they would remember, and he raised them and nurtured them and admonished them in the Lord. In redeeming the time, we don't know how much time we all have. But we need to make today count. And we need to make it count for the right and the good. Are we really walking in the love of God as Joseph did? Walking in kindness, walking in graciousness, walking in mercy? Are we living honorable, godly lives, obedient, faith, faithful in spiritual duties? Are we redeeming the time as Jesus did? Encouraging our families at every opportunity, setting that example, providing for their needs. First Timothy five eight. There it talks about providing for our household, and if we don't provide for our household, it's as if we um, are. Let me get that right. First Timothy. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse and is worse than an infidel. It's easy sometimes to get caught up in our everyday work in providing. But there's more to that. That's important. I don't want to demise or diminish that at all. We need to do that. We need to provide. 
We need to work hard. But there's more. There's more to providing than just a paycheck. What about affection? What about example? What about godly counsel? What about laughter and warmth? What about loving concern? Can paychecks do that? No. We need to provide for that as well. Joseph inspires me. I'm sure he wasn't perfect. But he was devoted. And he was doing the best that he could. There was an article on Ann Landers. I found it interesting. Taken from September 29, 1999. So it's a little bit of age to it. It's called Parents' Behavior Can Help Children. There was a youth minister who was assigned to a youth correction prison for his summer work asked the boys for the clues as to why they had ended up in this institution. He then asked them to draw up codes for parents to follow, zeroing in on specific areas where their own parents had failed. Here's what they, here's what emerged from that. Number one, keep cool. Don't fly off the handle. Keep the lid on everything when things go wrong. Kids need to see how much better things turn out when people keep their tempers under control. Bear in mind, this is what is coming from these boys that are that's given his minister the clues that he needs. Number two, don't get strung out on booze or too many pills. When we see our parents reaching for those crutches, we get the idea that it's perfectly okay to reach for the bottle or the pill. When things get heavy, children are careful observers and great imitators. Number three, bug us a little. Be strict. Show us who's boss. We need to know we have got some strong supports under us. When you cave in, we get scared. Number four, don't blow your class. Stay on the pedestal. Don't try to dress, dance, or talk like kids. You embarrass us and you look ridiculous. Number five, light a candle. Show us the way. Tell us God is not dead or sleeping or on vacation. We need to believe in something bigger and stronger than ourselves. Number six, if you catch us lying, stealing, and being cruel and getting tough, let us know why, what we did wrong. Impress on us the importance of not repeating such behavior. Number seven, when we need punishment, dish it out. But let us know you still love us. Even though we have let you down, it will make us think twice before we make the same move again. Number eight, call our bluff. Make it clear. You mean what you say. Don't cave in and don't be intimidated by our threats to drop out of school. Or leave home. Stand up to us and we'll respect you. Children don't want everything they ask for. Be honest. That's number nine. Be honest. Tell us the truth no matter what. And be straight arrows about everything. We can take it. Lukewarm, lukewarm answers make us uneasy. And we can smell uncertainty a mile away. The bottom line is that we want you to tell us. Tell it like it is. Number ten. Praise us when we deserve it. 
if you give us a few compliments once in a while, we will be able to accept the criticism a lot easier. Closing. I was challenged by looking at Joseph and examples that we have. He was a man of righteousness. He trusted in God. And God put that responsibility of him being the father of his son, Jesus. Joseph's reaction was not the typical one. When something like this would happen, you would expect a counterattack against Mary or the father. When Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, that's just human nature to lash out. When you, when you hurt, you look to strike back. Hurting people hurt people. Joseph did not want to think bad about Mary. He didn't wage a campaign against her. He didn't start gossiping about her. Joseph knew that he had to leave Mary. But he was, he did not want her reputation to be marred or ruined. I believe it probably took some time for Joseph to work through this, to come to the grips of accepting his call to be a husband to Mary and a father to Jesus. Joseph was doing what was right before he heard from God. Because he was righteous, his goal wasn't to get even or revenge. A righteous heart doesn't seek revenge. It doesn't carry grudges. It'll do the opposite. A righteous heart is going to release the anger from others. A righteous person will walk away from hurt or an offense. Can I say that this is one way that we can tell or gauge the spiritual maturity of a person by the depth of how they relate to things, the depth of their relationship with Jesus. We're still human. When people betray us, it hurts. When people talk bad about us, it hurts. People judge your motives, it hurts. We're not immune from it. We're human. You will still get hurt. And you will still get angry. The challenge is that we need to let our righteousness, the righteousness work of, the righteous work of God in our heart be stronger than our emotion. Hurt, anger, whatever is tied to that, our righteousness 
And the God's work in our heart has to be stronger than any emotion. Don't lash out. Don't write the post that you're going to post that the whole world can see. Don't try to public, public humiliate the other person in order to win. Don't walk away from a relationship. But you need to set aside the offense. Put down the grudge. Choose the righteousness. Healthy response to that hurt. Hurting them doesn't make it any better. just lowers you to their level. But being like Joseph, being righteous, what does that look like? Jesus needs to reign in our heart. And let God's love be evident in our life. Let the words of our actions and our attitudes be guided by Him. Fathers, the challenge is there's a life ahead yet to live. What is our actions, our attitudes going to be as we walk that road? Make it our prayer that when people see you or me, that they see Jesus. That's the challenge that we need. And that's for each one of us, not just to fathers. Fathers.